0: Welcome back to Currently with Tour, where I share my latest style obsessions, all of which you can access through my shopping community, Curator. Okay, let's talk accessories, one of my favorite fashion subjects, of course. To me, accessories can transform your look, and for the upcoming holiday season, I recommend investing in some incredible statement jewelry for all of your upcoming festivities, I chose the Jackie Mac Adhara earrings for my new winter box for this exact reason. They're dramatic, sparkly, and look incredible, paired with cocktail dresses, suits, jumpsuits, and even more this season. Because this is a choice item in the box, you can pick between gold or gunmetal to best suit your winter wardrobe. The earrings alone are valued at $78, but you can get the entire curation a total value of over $400 for only $74.99 by using code heels 25 That's H-E-E-L-S 25. Sign up now on curator.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-U-R.com and get extra glam this holiday season. Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zoe and you're listening to Climbing in Heels. This show is all about celebrating extraordinary superwomen who will be sharing their incredible journeys to the top all while staying glamorous. Today with me, we have Lizzie Mathis, actress, model, food blogger, and of course, one of my very dear friends. But She's so much more than that. She's also the founder and editor-in-chief of The Cool Mom Co., an all-inclusive, diversity-driven hangout destination for moms. So basically, she's the ultimate mompreneur. The hardest part for me about doing this podcast is like, I love talking to like my friends and my girls and like whatever, that I'm like the hardest part of doing this is like, to keep it serious, not serious, but like to actually ask you what I need to ask you yeah, rather exactly. than just shooting the shit because I just want to talk to you.
1: So, <laughs> Okay, uh, wait till you get on my podcast though, because <laughs> I'm just going to shoot the shit with you. Listen,
0: <laughs> it's it's really going to be shooting the shit, honestly. But then I also want people to learn from you and I want of, people of to take away how awesome you are, but also the journey, right? And so right. it's called climbing in heels because the women that I'll speak to on this podcasts are women that I admire, that I respect, but most importantly, got to where they are all while not sacrificing the beauty of being a woman. For young people out there, I think there's this misconception sometimes that like to be a badass, you have to just be a badass and you have to just like be that intimidating, loud person in the room that like doesn't dress like a woman that doesn't feel like a woman that doesn't, you know, and I think right. to, to each their own, Right. But I think the idea for me is just really talking to incredible women who have had different journeys to right. where they are, but got there.
1: That's right. <laughs> so, That's right.
0: But got there and not in the way necessarily that, you know, was mapped out. That was like the perfect strategy. That was the cleanest strategy. That was the, you know, because everyone's got their stuff. So yeah, I want to know how did Lizzie become Lizzie? Like give me, paint the yeah. picture.
1: I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. um, and I grew up with my mom and my grandma and two older brothers. Okay. Like, my mom and my grandma was my everything. Those were my parents. Right. And so I grew up... Um, with women leading the way. And my mom was a single mom and she worked her butt off and we were your average middle class. We Mm -hmm. weren't, you know, we definitely didn't have a lot of money or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but my mom did her absolute best to try and like provide for us and put us in great situations and circumstances and exposure to things the best she could within our community. And so I grew up with two older brothers. So I was the baby girl and I knew it (laughs) <laughs> and I like, and I, I the, that's right. And I walked the world feeling it. And um, I don't know, I don't think I don't know if I ever felt different. I just knew that because I was the youngest, I always wanted to be seen. Yeah, I think it was a lot of that when I was younger. And very early on, my mom realized she was like, you know, I know she wants to do something. I just don't know what it is, right? right. Like, I was always very smart, and I always really loved school. I just loved school. Isn't that weird? I, I
0: knew that about you. I, I was gonna. I was actually gonna ask you if you were like nerdy. Like, were you just was, like this pretty nerd? Right?
1: I was. I was very skinny. Right. And so I know everyone looks at that and they're like, "Oh, big deal, whatever." You were skinny. Every but model
0: like, was. Right, that exactly. age old like. Oh my god, I was so skinny and awkward. I hated but, it.
1: It was, but for me, it was like, and I'm sure every model felt this way, but it, I was so skinny to the point where like my, my knees would like poke out yeah. because those were like my bones and like yeah. my bones were like, you know, so yeah, I remember getting teased. I was so going to say
0: kids probably made fun of you, right?
1: One, they made fun of me because I was so skinny. And so the whole joke was like, oh, I could break you in half. Oh, oh you God. know, all that. But also, um. I remember being so conscious of being ashy. I used to be like, Oh my God, I cannot go to school ashy. So I used to like rub like Vaseline on my elbows and my knees. And I'd be like, I cannot go to school ashy. So then they would also tease me because I was so shiny. (laughs) So it was like, what are the other? Girl, this mean
0: girl stuff is so real.
1: I mean, it would be boys, too. It wasn't even just oh mean girls. God. It would be boys, too. Oh, my God. But, I mean, at the same time, school was always a place where I really enjoyed going because I felt like I was, I don't know, I just was excited to learn. I was always interested in something else that they were doing. Mm-hmm. I was always interested in, like, the social aspect, too. Sure. Like, I loved going and, like, hanging out and, like, all that stuff with okay. my friends. So it was interesting. I don't know. School is always like a really fun place for me. So I went to public school my whole life until high school. And in high school, my brothers did not want me to go to their high school. Like my, my middle brother was like, no, she can't come to school with me. <laughs> and I was devastated. I was of like, course. what do you mean? I'm going to school with you, with all of my friends. And he was like, no. You are not. You're gonna go to an all-girls school, and he convinced my mom (laughs) to send me to an all-girls school, and I was devastatingly furious at him. I was like, "Are "Are you
0: kidding me? Wait, I'm sorry. What's the age difference?
1: We're three years apart. So I would have been a freshman, and he would have been a senior. Okay." And so he was like, no, I'm not going to have my friends hitting on you and trying to date you. That's what it was
0: about, by the way. And
1: I was, he was like, (laughs) I'm not doing that. No, no. And so he convinced my mom to send me to an all girls high school. And I was devastated at first. The best thing that ever happened to me. Honestly, people have their own opinions about like all girls school, like however it goes. For me, every idea of leadership, position of power, um, wherever you thought excellence was, it was all a woman. Right. Right. So right. like our varsity captain of our basketball team was a girl. Mm-hmm. I was president of the school, a girl. Uh, the smartest person in the AP class was a girl. So for me, it really ingrained this idea, right, that like women have the power to be the smartest in the room, yep. to lead the conversation, yep. and to also be creative and all these things. So for me, it really ingrained very early on this sense of like, <laughs> who's Female. stopping me now? Yeah. yeah. Who's stopping me now? Yeah. Right? And so from there, I went on to Northwestern, and I moved to Chicago after school, after high
0: school. Is it weird that I like knew this about you without knowing this about you? I don't know how. Well, it's just weird because you know the hard part about a podcast is no one actually sees you, and in this case, I need to just share with our listeners that you need to. If you don't know who Lizzie is, you should. But beyond that, she's strikingly beautiful. Oh, my Um, God. And also, I mean, just saying, so is her husband. Um, (laughs) You got to add him in there, too. I mean, he gets a little credit. He gets a little credit. He does. But okay. So you're telling me you've looked like this your whole life, and then you went, and you were president of your private all-girls school, and then you went to Northwestern.
1: So cool. I didn't look like this my whole life, but yes, I <laughs> yes, definitely grew into this. No, I grew into this. I mean, like you said, I was very, awkward. I, I don't think I really started to appreciate my body till yeah. I got to, until I probably entered the modeling industry. Right. Yeah. I don't think I really appreciated my frame or my height or any of that until
0: it became a job. But you know, what's so interesting about that? Okay. So first of all, in my opinion, I mean, there there was no stopping you in a way from an early age because mm-hmm. you grew up not just the baby sister, right? Like right. kind of navigating your way. But in my opinion, having a sister that's a single mom, mm-hmm. um, there is no harder job.
1: Right. There, there actually,
0: agree. in my opinion, is no harder job than being a single mom and right. or dad for that. I mean, I just think being a single parent, but I think I being agree. a single mom is a, the most respectful job. And I think when you're a daughter of a single mom, mm-hmm. it's just so extra. It's like, cause you immediately know that, that you have a superpower, right. And your yep. mother and your grandmother, right. So you were raised by incredible women. So you, yeah. you were going to be one, right. And so this is so interesting. So then, okay. So then you started modeling at what age? So I
1: started modeling a little bit in college. Okay. I remember, well, this is very interesting because don't laugh at me. I want
0: to promise. I mean, I you might, promise. but I won't.
1: Okay. Everyone <laughs> out there, don't laugh at me either. But in high school, I remember my mom was like, I really wanted to do modeling. I just didn't know how. Right. It's something that I I was always drawn to it. I just didn't know how to go about it. Mm-hmm. And so my mom was talking to someone and they were like, well, you're in Michigan. You should put her in the pageant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are you sure? Does that like turn me into a model? <laughs> and everybody in Michigan was like, yes, right, 1000%. This will turn you into a modeling, obviously into a model. Right. Later on, I realized that they're two very separate things. Sure, <laughs> Just so yes. you know. Oh, yes. But <laughs> anyone listening, there were two separate avenues. <laughs> However, in Michigan at the time, my mom was like, okay, definitely. So she put me into the Miss Teen Michigan pageant. And so I won. And of so- course. My high school year shut. Obviously. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> so obviously. My, my high my, my senior year of high school, I was also Miss Michigan teen, USA. And so I went to like national and do the whole thing. So I thought that was gonna turn me into a model. I was convinced. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I'm about to be like a model now. Hey. <laughs> and they were like, No, <laughs> you need to you need to like go into an agency. and go to like New York, whatever. probably, right? Exactly. So funny enough, an agent like saw me or whatever and like
0: was like, you should come to New York. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I kind of like started modeling. You know, there's so many things about the modeling industry. That's like its own. I know. But I think m- my question here would be, how was that experience for you?
1: You know, it was interesting because for me, I felt like, New York is where I became a woman.
0: Yeah. New York will do that to you. I
1: was in New York. New York will do that to you. And I was in New York and I was traveling all over the place. I was in different countries, but New York was home-based. And so as a model, I think that I quickly learned the word no. Good. I quickly learned, um, but not, not, not because I was saying it because people were telling me, no, (laughs) you mean
0: for the first time you you learned rejection. Yeah. You know, it's
1: interesting. Kate Hudson said something, um, one time in a podcast Mm -hmm. and she said, rejection never really affected her in this industry Mm -hmm. because she had been rejected by the person that she cared about the most, right? Her father, by her father, not being a part of her life she felt like that was the hardest rejection she would have ever felt. Right. And so rejection in this industry, she was able just to kind of like brush off because her heart had already been rejected by one of the people that she was meant to love the most. Right. Hmm. And so that always hit me when she said it and I heard it, I was like, damn, that shit is so real because for me, not having my father Mm -hmm. in my life growing up Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it until now as an adult, mm-hmm. but it really did prepare me in a different way than I ever would have expected because there was nothing, anyone in the modeling industry or entertainment industry that they could say to me that would really hurt me or break me because that's in inc- so many ways, that's you know, I already incredible. felt that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's incredible. Actually. That's actually mind blowing. And, uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think, The reason why is because I understand that so deeply because having been in this industry my entire adult life, being, you know, on on all sides in a way, right? Like just being styling models for my whole career, styling actresses for my whole Mm -hmm. career, um, being on various sides of the camera in different ways. Yeah. But I always said very early on in my career that... I could never be a model or an actor because I'm so hard on myself, right? Mm, and mm-hmm. so that – I remember as a stylist losing my first client, right? Right. That kind of fear of failure for me drove me yeah. a lot, yeah. right? And I remember a client leaving me, and I remember my age at the time going, babe, don't even think about taking that personally. Right. They're not loyal. Nobody Mm -hmm. in this industry is loyal. You're loyal to yourself. You're loyal to your family. (laughs) But, like, and trust me, she's going to come back. And she actually came back a month later, which was so ironic. She did. But I was shook.
1: And I felt
0: like I was the worst stylist in the world. I was so. So, I guess what I'm saying is that that lesson that you're talking about and that lesson that Kate was talking about is that's an actual gift in life to be yeah. able to say you know what it's not me it's them it's right. not what they're looking for it's not the part like i'm not right for that part like whatever it is and so for me being on the other side of that and and doing model castings and doing all the yeah it was horrific for me to say no to girls like even though you know and in the in the olden days people mm-hmm. were not as kind as yes. they are now and Very so true. I would have these like casting directors next to me, literally going no in front of yes. the girl. And I'm yeah. like, hey, yeah. don't do that. She's going to be shook. Like, don't she? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and so it's true. So what you're saying really means a lot to me. And I actually think that's such a key to success mm. um, in any business. Right. Exactly. <laughs> honestly, because it prepares you. It It just does. It It prepares you.
1: And you know, what's interesting is that it's not a lesson that I would Ask anyone to have or want anyone to have. It's just something obviously out of life that, like, this is what was the result of that in my childhood, right? Yeah, of course. And so I think it is a lesson for everything, every part of life. I really do. But there's not, you know, I don't know. It's like good, but it's also bad. Like you know, like it's it's good, but it's also sucks.
0: (laughs) It's not how you have to learn it, but I think in general, to be able to take a rejection perhaps and process it as it's not about me. I'm just not right for this job. Or right. it's not what they're looking for. Or exactly. it's, not, you know, rather than I suck.
1: Right. One thought per said Rather than, oh, my body isn't right. Correct. Or rather than, oh, I need to go lose this weight. Correct. Or rather than, I should change my nose. Correct. Right. Exactly. It is It is exactly that. Now, don't get me wrong. It's like you get sad about it. And that's okay. But I think in the heart, like at the baseline of it, my mom really set a foundation before I entered the industry and was just like, listen, you're perfect. You're great. You're fucking amazing. Don't let anyone knock you off of that that rocker. And now let's go. Like, let's figure it out.
0: I mean, I think that about you. <laughs> Totally unbiased, by the way. Totally yeah, unbiased.
1: I'm sure. Wink, wink.
0: I mean, totally unbiased. Okay. So then moving on to like, what was your game-changing, life-changing moment where you're like, okay, I'm done with modeling for now. Next chapter, whatever. Right? I always yeah. joke every day that I'm like on chapter 410 of my I life. Know, right? Like, right? So like, because people often ask me like, what was that pivotal moment that like did x right and I always say like there's probably five at different points in my career that made me do that right yeah so what for you when you think about this was game changing
1: the next in the timeline because you know obviously like you said there was probably there's probably many along the way um but two stand out to me but the next in the timeline was having kids yeah
0: (laughs) that'll change you real quick that'll
1: that'll that'll (laughs) snap you
0: up real fast (laughs) Okay, well that's the best kind of notification. That's another sale on Shopify, the platform trusted by millions of entrepreneurs to create their online store and so much more. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling fashion and beauty products or home decor, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand discover new customers, and build the relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify, and you can too. This podcast actually started as an opportunity for me to inspire and share incredible stories of hard work and success with all of you. Being a self-starter or entrepreneur is never easy. I can tell you that, and overcoming challenges is part of that process. But with tools like Shopify, you can grow your business with peace of mind. Our online shopping community, Curator, switched to Shopify in 2019, and I cannot tell you how amazing it has been for us. We have been able to expand our shop into so many categories and the customizations that are possible have been absolutely game-changing. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash ZO, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ZO to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash ZO.
1: I was the type of person where I wanted a family. Don't get me wrong. Like I always envisioned myself with a family. However, I never planned a time to stop and do it. Like I wasn't like, okay, at 25 or at 27 or at 30, I'm going to stop and just like have my kids no matter what I'm doing. I didn't do that. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't that far ahead. I knew it was something that I wanted to do. But as I was going through life, no time made sense in my head. I was like, not now. Uh Uh-uh, not now, Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. So it really took my husband, and my husband and I made a pact. Issa and I made a pact very early on that we would never put career before starting and having a family. Okay. That's first and foremost. Okay. So with that pact being made very early on, it really took Issa being like, I think it's time. <laughs>
0: Interesting. <laughs> I
1: think it's time. And I'd be like, no, same. no,
0: what well, Like, <laughs> uh, exact, yes. same. Exact, exact same. Exact same, right? Exact Roger same. too, right? A hundred percent. He, yeah. we, we both felt like we were still like 22. Yes. So it was like, well, wow, okay, later, later, yeah. later. Yeah. And then he like-
1: was like, now, nah. <laughs> now I was like, are you sure? Are you positive? He's like, yeah, right now. I'm like, okay.
0: Yeah.
1: And I, and I'm, I'm so glad he did because if it wasn't for him saying that and really like putting that into my, my frame of reference, yeah. I would literally, I probably still would Same. be like, you sure? Same. Now? <laughs>
0: Isn't, sure? that, isn't that interesting? Same. but it is. But I have a theory about that. I actually think all of the women that I know that are very ambitious career women, they uh-huh. all, all want to be moms, right? Yes, like 95% yes. of them know, right. without question, they're going to be right. a mom. Right. The problem is, as women, we actually have a clock on that, right? We do. Mm-hmm. Biologically, we have a clock. So true. And, you know... I think if we could have them at fifty, we probably would wait. Like, we I, sure I, would. I mean, sure would. I mean, and you we're listen, like you can, more. you can yeah, now. You can. N- nowadays,
1: you can. You can. You're absolutely right. You're but absolutely
0: right. I do think that if Roger didn't say we're running out of time, I would have just probably gone another five years. Right? Easy. Like easy, easy, easy. And easy. and now I'm like, oh, thank God. You yeah, know, me too. Me too. <laughs> well, also what was That's so funny, funny about it
1: for me is that like, and so when I say baby, like was that transitional moment for me, it took me into the next phase of my career. Yeah. So yeah. like, if I hadn't become a mom when yeah. I did, yeah. I still would just be like modeling, acting, Yeah. Modeling, yeah. you know, yeah. I would still be on that same path instead of literally kind of like making such a huge leap into something that I felt for me was a lot more meaningful like for me and feeling like my bucket, feeling a lot more filled with what I do now
0: than, than before. And so it's interesting. So tell me about cool moms, because obviously you're a cool mom and we know that and all these things and like, but so you are loving this chapter, right? I mean, you're obviously an amazing mom, but I mean, from a professional standpoint, you love this.
1: From a professional standpoint, as well as personal, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I feel like I am in a phase of life where I am just, I feel so appreciative. Mm -hmm. I feel, I just feel like this is now, like, this is what I was meant to do. And like, I'm convinced of it. And I'm convinced that everything along the way has literally just been a preparation for where I am now. 1,000%. 1,000%. And so The Cool Mom Co. is um, my website. It is all about the intersection between motherhood and womanhood. It is kind of like the idea you were just talking about, right? Like we all have a journey. We all come from somewhere. But not just to focus in on us as mothers. So it's not just to focus in on like, Oh, we're moms. And, you know, here's some breastfeeding tips. And here's this. It's not really, it is, it's about beauty and style and life and living and all those things. But for me, I created it because I felt like there wasn't a place in the market that was diversity driven, Mm -hmm. which means that it was an all inclusive space where I could see myself in that space too. And it still felt cool. You know what I'm saying? That it was still something where I felt like I could still be my fashionable, cool, uh, real uh, woman person. Yeah. yeah. But now I just happen to be a mom.
0: You know, it's interesting to, to go back to the like having a panic about being a mom. Mm-hmm. I was such a workaholic. I had worked 24 7 for 15 years. And I was right. like, hold on. I yeah. barely have time to take a shower. How? earth am I going to have time for a child? And when I had, and I remember going in the hospital tour with Roger at Cedars and I was like eight months pregnant. I looked at Roger and I go, no.
1: And he goes, what? I go,
0: I'm not doing it. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, I can't do this. I'm I'm terrified. Like I had like a full panic attack in the hospital. Like I literally went into the, the labor and delivery area and I was like, and he goes, well, babe, I think it's too late. Like, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, are you going to have a C-section? I'm like, no. He's like, are you going to push it out? I go, no. He's like, okay, babe, one way or another, we got (laughs) to take the baby out. And I was like, I can't do this. And and I had like an actual panic attack. And I worked literally, I think, up until the day I gave birth. And when I had him, to your point, I was so in love with him. And I was so blinded by him that I couldn't see straight. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't figure out how to get back to my life. I couldn't figure out how on earth I was going to be Rachel Zoe. How was I going to work and how was I going to be there for my clients? How was I going to do the 800 jobs I had? How And just love him and be just all in with him, right? Right. That's the thing. And I didn't. I had like a real identity crisis, and yes. I, you know, so I know what I, you mean about it because yeah, we, you and I have talked at dinners and things about, mm-hmm. do we want more kids? Okay, wait, I think this is enough. Okay, wait, I still need to like, I still I need know. to be me somehow and feel like a woman that yes. has a purpose beyond right. just not just being a mom because that's just such a full time job in and of itself. It is one thousand percent. And I do actually think that being the CEO of your children is actually the hardest job of all jobs.
1: (laughs) One thousand percent. But, you know, it's interesting. I heard a quote the other day and it was this woman who said that her mother would always say this to her. She said, being a mother is absolutely by far the most amazing thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. But it's not the only thing. That I've done. And and it really stuck with me because obviously I love being a mother. It has fulfilled so many um, things within me. It has given me so much love and joy in this world. However, it's not the only ambition that I've had. And it's not the only thing that I want the world to see me as. And so for me, I think that as amazing as it has been. And I feel like as transformative as it's been in my journey, I think it's only propelled me to have a drive and ambition for so many other things as well. And just to like get back on your point, I think that for me, becoming a mother, I got in so deep into motherhood too. After I had Nema, yeah. who's my oldest, I had I had miscarried before, yeah. and I remember thinking how devastating it was. I tra- I was traveling, Isa and I. We were yeah. traveling so much. We had you know our careers. We were gone three times a week. Mm-hmm. We were constantly back and forth between New York and LA. We were traveling for work. It was just such a busy time, and so I remember after I had her and I had had the miscarriage. I remember thinking, I just want to be with her. And yeah. if I'm not with her, then it has to be worth it for me to be away That's from her. That's what I always say. And so for me, it started to become this real, like, yep. yeah, like mind shift. Yeah. Of like, okay, hold up. Like, is this worth being like it's this? It's true. And, you know, and I had to really feel passionate about the work that I was doing.
0: I used to say, like, once I had kids, it became about checking boxes. If yes. I'm not tucking in my baby, Is this making me a lot of money? Mm -hmm. Is this an important career move? That's right. right. Like, is it if it didn't check, or am I showing up for a friend that needs me? And if it wasn't one of those three boxes, Mm -hmm. I stayed home. That's right. And, you know, I do think that you're so right because I think we all carry a lot of guilt. As mothers. And I think Mm -hmm. when you're a working mother, that guilt just goes beyond, which is why I always say like being a single working mother is like, it's so layered. It's It's so so hard hard. and it's It's so hard. And the guilt and the like, you know, so it's just, there's so much respect there. And I think that for us, I think to have something like Cool Moms, and to have this community, right? Yeah, of our yeah. our friends and everything that we can like say, okay, it's my ma- it's okay. Like let's hang at so and so's house or let's go out tonight with our husbands right. or let's and we have to give ourselves permission to do that. And I'm guilty of not doing that enough. I know. Honestly. Same. Um same. but but I do find that like when I'm with you and you sometimes say something like, Uh, I'm I'm out tonight. Like mama's had a rough week, you know what I mean? Yeah, or whatever it yeah, is. Yeah. It's like Yeah. Yeah. Like (laughs) my
1: mom, my mom used to come home from work every single day Mm -hmm. and she would go immediately to her room and lock herself in the room for 15 minutes. And like, and I used to be as a kid, I used to literally be waiting by her door. (laughs) Like mom, is it over yet? Mom, like knocking on the door. And she used to be like, Lizzie. 10 more minutes. And for her now as a mother myself, I realized it was her moment to make her shift, right? (laughs) She was shifting from career woman now into motherhood. And she needed those 15 minutes to just like focus Zen out before she like took on the role of now everything that encompassed being a single mom. Yeah. And so Isn't I just that remember that so vividly. Yeah. Can we, so for can me, we do like, that? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think that's like, that's, but that was her like self-love moment, right? That was her like self-care, self-love, like little yeah. moment for herself. And now I realize it.
0: But at the time I just be like, mama, mama. You should put that on Cool Moms, by the way. I know. Right? You should. You should say what my mom's 15 minutes meant to her and now means to me. Yeah. Because. <sighs> That should be one of my cool mom cook questions uh, for all the mamas. 100%. Percent, right? You know what I do mine? I do mine after the kids go to sleep and I find, oh, yeah. and I find that I stay up until one just because that time is so, so amazing that I uh-huh. just don't feel guilt and I can just sit in my own head yeah. and my spit, you know? So but then do you know who
1: gives me guilt at that time?
0: Isa. ISA Of course. They Isa. need attention.
1: Issa. He's like, wait a minute. Hold up. Kids are down. It's our time. I'm like, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. I'm like, Issa, hold on. Hold on.
0: Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. America. Like you guys should do like a poster or something. I swear you guys walk in. I feel like it's like the cover of an actual like living magazine. I'm like, are you okay?
1: (laughs) Don't tell him that. Don't tell him that. I feel Look. like
0: I always tell him he's handsome. Is that bad? Well, it's good.
1: Something. No, he needs to hear it too. Issa is amazing. He's he's oh, a he's very good looking man. And I feel very blessed. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, Issa is a rock star. Of I course mean, he is. He's he married really to you. is. But you know what it is though? I think also being raised by a single mom, I think that I appreciate being in a partnership so much. Yes, of course. Because- There's so many times where I look up and I'm like, damn, you had to do all this
0: by yourself. Yes. Like, ooh, that is a lot. Isn't that incredible? That gives
1: me so much, it's incredible. And I'm like, you had to make all these decisions. Mm -hmm. It's the decision making that's sometimes the hardest part, too. You had to make all these decisions throughout the day by yourself. And I'm like having my partner is like half the battle.
0: It is. I, I feel so appreciative. It is. And it's so good that you have that and that your kids have that and I know you guys are the best. What do you find to be the most challenging in your life? Honestly, like right now what are those things that trigger you to be like I'm done. Like I'm I'm shifting, I'm changing or I'm over it. Like do you have those moments? I mean, I know you I
1: know, do. You
0: <laughs> know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> done. <laughs>
1: Listen, I mean, I think everything is challenging. I'm I'm not going to lie. You know, I think life is life is fucking hard sometimes. And I think we are in the phase of life with um, career, with young children, um, that you're constantly being
0: needed, challenged,
1: challenged (laughs) and needed on a day-to-day basis. So from your patience, your time, your energy. And I think that the challenging part is finding the moments to keep for yourself, Yeah, finding how you can continue to stay above water sometimes. Yeah, And I think that's, that's my challenge of current, although how happy you are and how great you feel and how appreciative you are and feeling blessed. It's also just trying to like, you know, like stay here yeah. and not and not go under the tide. A yeah, little bit. and also yeah.
0: I think we're hyper aware, and I think we need to be in all in full disclosure of how we present ourselves to our children.
1: Yes, you know yes. because
0: especially you have you have you have some girls, have, <laughs> yeah. but, but I, I think, I mean, you're, you're so blessed. You have both. So you can really watch right. the boy girl right. thing happen. Right. But I do think as a mother modeling for girls, yeah, it's like you, you know, you really, you have to think like, it's almost like, it's almost like when you say things in a way, like I'm watching a lot of my friends with daughters who, you know, they work out two hours a day, they don't eat carbs, right. they don't eat this. And I'm like, watch how you are with your daughters.
1: That's right. Because
0: they're watching right. you. They're learning they sure from are. you. And they sure are. you know, as it pertains to everything, right? And yeah. so I know for me, I mean, I I looked at my mom, I looked at my older sister. I mean, those were yeah. my my real life models, right?
1: 1000%. And I'll take it even one step further, Rachel, you know, for me, I feel like so one, yes. I have two young girls that who I am the model for them. Mm-hmm. I also have a young boy yep. who I am the model for, yep. you know, the women that I feel like I want him to have in his life. Yes. Right. That,
0: that's the role I play. So yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and how he therefore also treats women yep. in this world. Yep. But then also I'm raising young black children. Yes. And in a world and in a time right now where, you know, I'm constantly feeling the push and right of pull yeah. of. Also, they're they're very they're very um, blessed to be able to be in yep. private schools yep. and like all these things. Yep. But I also feel the challenge of also making sure that they see themselves, that they are constantly feeling um, an inclusion yes. and feeling like they're not, you know, feeling like an outsider in this world that they're in. And so, for me, that's also very conscious as I'm raising young black women yes. and a young black man, right? Yes. And so it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's a, it's interesting. It's interesting. Cause although I'm their example, I'm constantly also trying to like, you know, feed in that different things. That is a things. whole nother. Yeah. And also yes. being in a place like LA, right. Yes. Where my husband and I, my husband was raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I was raised in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. This was never, it was never a second thought for us. Yep. Like we always had so much diversity yeah, around of us course. and you know, and so I don't know, I constantly just like I think about that with my children and I'm always like, what can I do to make sure that you guys feel and see and feel seen and heard mm-hmm. in this world and know the power of your voice? Of course. Right. But I'm lucky to also be around families and people and communities that also um, are very understanding and welcome that. you know,
0: a-, a-, a thousand percent. And that affects every decision, I imagine that. Every decision, right? I mean, yeah. I yeah. mean, as you said, full time <laughs> job, very layered, <laughs> and your actual job, exactly. And your your actual you know. jo- jobs, I would say. But I mean, yeah. But all of it, I think, actually pushes you further. To it be does. honest, you know, it does. and I think it actually likely inspires you to do more and like start more and champion more and be louder mm-hmm. and. Right. I mean,
1: 1,000, percent The experiences you have, especially within your, in your youth will propel you to where you will go. And I think that, you know, every challenging moment that you have is another lesson to propel you even further. And that's how you have to kind of think about it. It just really is. It's, it's all a lesson in this world to take you to another height.
0: Do you feel, or has there been a person or people that have tried to prevent you from winning tried to prevent you from succeeding like tried to take you down i've had countless (laughs)
1: this is this is very interesting you know i think that um and you're gonna hate my answer in a way no, because I think it's going to come across. So like, no, oh, really, girl.
0: No, really, girl. I believe you. You you don't lie and you don't sugarcoat I, things. <laughs>
1: I think I don't. I really don't. don't. And Rachel knows me. No. Rachel knows. I'm like, girl. Lizzie <laughs> Okay, So this. I'm like, I'm going to give it to you. Um, I think there always will be haters. Yeah. One thousand percent. And I feel like there are haters around.
0: Mm-hmm. Tons.
1: I also feel like the energy that I present into the world I don't attract it. Right. So even if it's around me, I don't see it. Right. Even if it's around me, I ignore it. Even if it's around me, it hasn't registered. So in my world and how I've viewed my life and my things, I feel like I have always had strong, amazing women around me that I've either learned from or who have paved a way for me or who has inspired me or in some way, shape or form gave me another like step, yeah, stepping yeah, yeah, yeah. tool on my journey. And I, I know it sounds crazy. I no. know it sounds crazy, but anyone who has even begun to challenge that idealism in me, mm-hmm. I've knocked, I've, I've distanced myself from instantly or not even realizing it. Right, 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 away. right,
0: right, right.
1: So I can't even give you an experience or a time that's or, or a moment where I felt like, oh, that girl was trying to hate on me. And like, ooh, like I had to push her aside. No, I don't, I can't even tell you a time.
0: See, I'm pulling your I'm energy right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm literally, <laughs> okay. no, Lizzie, honestly, because I actually feel like that's such an amazing way to kind of conclude this because for me, it's sort of, I'm a little more vulnerable that way. And I yeah. think for you- like you do have that energy, you do have yeah. that energy, and no one is gonna. Part of my French, but no one's gonna fuck with you, right? So, <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying is like you're sort of like you may want to, but I don't see you right now. Like I don't yeah. feel you right now, so you don't even like. I don't even entertain it. And I, I don't think I ever have. Amazing. I think that's amazing. I think that we are inclined to feel that differently,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I think that. This generation, my niece included, who just graduated from Ross School of Michigan. And she's more like, you know, but I think her younger self was more vulnerable. And I think now this self, she found her voice, you know, and I think this is what we're trying to do here, right?
1: It's so true. It's so true. I mean, listen, that doesn't come overnight, right? Right.
0: I have a really close friend also here, and I want to end on this, but she also shares that she has a similar energy to you of like, this is my mission. This is who I am. This is what I'm doing. You can't really touch this, right? Like mm-hmm. don't bring this down. Right. No. And, and no. she explained to me and it made so much sense that what she came from and how she grew up, she's already felt all that. Right. So she has worked real hard to do this now. And That's she right. is like, I'm living this, this life now. And I've worked yeah fucking ass off for it. And guess what? Right. Like, I'm not going back to that feeling.
1: That's right. I'm not going back. I'm not, I've been there, done that. Don't need it anymore.
0: Okay. This is how you've climbed in heels. I love you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I love you so much. Love
0: you. Okay. It's time for Ask Rachel okay, what's my makeup routine? My makeup routine really varies depending on what I'm doing and where I'm going. But my everyday makeup routine, I would say I put at least two serums and an eye cream and a a face cream to kind of keep me hydrated throughout the day. And then a light foundation. And I use a Charlotte Tilbury palette most of the time that kind of has a cheek bronzer and blush and highlighter, and then like three shadow colors. Um, And I just kind of find that that can sort of wake up my face throughout the day. And I just put a little sort of bronzy gold shadow on my lid, a little bit of a shadow pencil, either in um, a deep green or bronze mascara, concealer, and sort of contour my cheeks a little. I just do it all very fast. And then usually some kind of berry stain on my lips. And that's sort of my everyday makeup. And then at night, typically I'll do a smoky eye. And I use everything from Rare Beauty to Charlotte Tilbury pencils and shadows, Tom Ford. I'm really such a makeup lover. So I really like to play with different palettes, but typically my night look is a smoky eye with a paler lip or a lighter eye with mascara and a sort of deep sort of plum, Bordeaux lip. Okay, do my feet hurt from wearing high heels? The answer is rarely, almost never. And I think it's mostly because I won't buy shoes that aren't comfortable. Um, And I always wear a platform so that the incline is not so incredibly steep. And I find it to be much more comfortable. And I think that my feet are accustomed to be wearing very high heels since I was 13. And I think they don't know anything different. But, you know, talk to me in 20 years and maybe I'm going to be in so much pain. But for now, I'm okay. Okay, don't forget to submit your questions for next week's episode. All you have to do is DM us your questions to at Pod on Instagram. And I might just answer your question. Lizzie Mathis is a total powerhouse, just like all the other mamas out there juggling it all. So many of the women that I get to have on this podcast are very dear friends of mine, and yet I continue to learn so much when I have them on. I just think Lizzie's so impressive, like president of an all-girls private school, and then going on to Northwestern, which is like an extraordinary college, and then you know, obviously modeling and acting and all these things, but I think she's just ambitious. She's a doer. Her energy is extraordinary. And my biggest takeaway from talking to her honestly was sort of like, let the haters hate, keep them out. They can't touch me. I don't feel them. I don't see them. And I think that kind of energy is really exemplary, honestly, because it's something that I now want to like walk away and put in my life and not get as taken down by people that want to hate on me because that can eat at you. I mean, and it does. So, so much learned today. So thanks to Lizzie for being on. Thank you so much for listening to Climbing in Heels. And don't forget to rate a review wherever you get podcasts. It always helps. Say how much you love it. While you're at it, follow me at Rachel Zoe. And at Climbing in Heels on Instagram for more updates on upcoming guests, episodes, and all things Curator. Talk to you next week. Stay stylish.